being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA, and of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi everybody, I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. Our guest today is Eric Mann. He's a self-confessed throwback to a different time and place. His story deals with his upbringing, discipline, and in his own words, how his mom administered a unique brand of justice. His book, The Delmont Street Gang, is about a group of boys growing up in small-town Connecticut in the 60s and 70s. According to Eric, the stories are true, but the names have been changed to protect the morons. Besides being an author, Eric Mann is an executive director for a nonprofit. And here's Eric. All right, Chapter 20, Corporal Punishment from the Delmont Street Gang. This is truly a different era we live in. God forbid a parent would ever spank a child in public. The arrest would be shown on CNN for the world to see. The parent's face would be broadcast on America's Most Wanted. Whatever happened to the old adage, spare the rod, spoil the child? That's why there's a breakdown of morals and a gross lack of respect from today's kids. They're just not scared of their parents anymore. Snot-nosed little bastards. Not in our neighborhood, man. Corporal punishment was a way of life for all of us. Not a week would go by that we didn't have a new story about one of the gang getting his ass turned red by one of the parents. And I'm talking about by our moms, not the dads. Hell no. The threat of pissing dad off was much worse than what mom could dole out, or so we thought. Most of the households had a stay-at-home mom who had to deal with their kids' stupidity on a day-to-day basis while the dads had the sanctuary of their jobs. And we were good at pushing their buttons until all hell broke loose. True to form, my mom was the disciplinarian in our house. Of course, like most kids, I had selective memory, never remembering what it felt like from the last time I got my ass kicked. So whenever I would mouth off, mom would do the same routine. She would do an about face, march into the living room where she'd find dad reading the newspaper, demand his leather belt right off his waist with a high pitch. She would then commence chasing me around the house to administer her unique brand of justice. What, you think any of us were crazy enough to stand there and take it? Do you see stupid written on my forehead? Don't answer that. And when mom caught you, it was always the same. It didn't matter whose mom it was. They all had the same beating technique. How, whack, many, whack, times, whack, do, whack, I, whack, have to tell you not to burp the alphabet. The last time I ever got hit with a belt, I was about 13. I was in the kitchen getting under mom's skin, acting like a smart-mouthed little ass when I pushed one button too many and mom went nuts. She spun on her heels into the living room. Ernie, give me your belt! I looked over my shoulder to see mom coming at me with a full head of steam. 
I tried to run, but she was too fast. Whap! Right across my right arm. But something was different this time. It didn't hurt. For the first time, it didn't hurt. I had grown past the pain. I was six feet tall and too tough for the belt. With a newly found sense of courage and an arrogant attitude, I turned to Mom and said, Try this arm, pointing to my left. Mom was outraged. She reared back and gave me a good one. Whammo! I just sneered, Try this one again. Now Mom was major pissed. Again, hit me again. Whap, whap, whap. I was feeling invincible for the first time in my life. Nothing could stop me now. I was bigger and badder than my mother. I got right in her face, backing her up against the refrigerator. Is that the best you've got? Come on, give me your best shot. And in one fell swoop, she did. Mom turned the belt around, grabbed the buckle, and ga-ding, hit me right in the middle of the forehead. I let out a wail and started rolling around the floor, writhing in pain. Mom was stunned, and she just dropped the belt and ran to the living room for a good cry. When I regained my composure, I had come to the realization that I had gone way, way too far this time. I made my mom cry, and the number one rule in kiddom was never make your mom cry. I crawled into the living room and begged her forgiveness. We hugged and we resolved two things that day. I was too big to spank, and I would never make my mom cry again. And I didn't. The buckle mark faded about six months later. <laughs> love that yeah great reading well i i i try when you lived it I mean, the, the fact of the matter there's no embellishment here i mean if you remember back in the 70s everybody the men were all wearing these big huge like almost like cowboy buckles oh yeah it wasn't fun i think i had like adolf cores or something across my forehead in reverse or something i don't know what it was <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, corporal punishment was the norm. It, it was the standard thing. It was, I mean, every family did it. I mean, it was uh, it was how you raised your kids. Don't get out of line or you're going to suffer the consequences. And I think we've gotten away from that. There's just too much. You know, none of us grew up any worse for the wear, I don't think. I'm sure there were extreme stories. But, man, let me tell you, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah, I don't know if, if none of us grew up any worse for the wear. I don't know if I can go there with you. Uh, okay, you're right. There were some that got it to the extreme, but it wasn't the extreme for me. I mean, if I if I got if I got whacked, I deserved it, and it really wasn't that many times in my childhood. But you remembered the ones you got. What What I like about the piece is that you acknowledge how children can be. I mean, children could be a pip. I mean. <laughs> Sometimes they're not the easiest. And, you know, mothers are, are people who lose their cool. And I, I love how over and over again, you, you kind of accept responsibility for just pushing her one too many times. Oh, yeah. But I'll never forget. My mother had colorful language. Let me say that. I'll never forget one day, me being the smartass, and I said something and she said, you smartass little son of a bitch. And I go, you'd be the judge of that. And she chased me, <laughs> and I ran down the street, and I wouldn't come home. I was afraid. It was like, you, you don't screw with a mom, you know, 
you just don't. We we made them crazy, and it was and we were the ones that were responsible. If we just shut our mouths and uh, and and tried to be politically correct with our moms, we would have saved both a lot of time and pain. So, how many children do you have? I have one son. He's uh, thirty-one. You have one son. So, how is raising him different or the same with? Let me put it this way. I didn't spare the rod, but I didn't need to. I can only think of maybe a couple of times, maybe only once that I really spanked them. But with dads and sons, it's a different thing. There's always going to be that standoff where the son gets old enough and he thinks he's big and bad and he stands up against his dad and his dad ends up knocking him out. Uh, I had that with my dad and my son had it with me. And there's always that testosterone-fueled confrontation between the uh, father and son. You're supposed to do that, though. The young buck is supposed to, you know, lock horns, literally, with the dad. My dad actually took it very easy on me. I'll, I'll give you the short version of this. I think you'll like it. So, I was six feet tall at 12. I mean, I was a foot taller than most of my friends. And about the time I was 13, I just thought I was, you know, king shit. I was like, you know, this big kid. Well, anyway, my father, I went nose to nose with my dad in our living room one day. And I just like my son did with me. And I'm sitting there, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to hit me? Come on. And I pushed my dad and he got me into a headlock. And he held me here and he goes, now, you know that I could turn your head into mush right now, don't you? Mm. And I did this thing. He had taught me a couple of, uh, believe it or not, judo moves when I was a kid. And I did this thing where I got a hold of his wrist and I power, power barred him down face first on the living room carpet. Whoa. And he did this slow burn getting off the carpet. All of a sudden, realization said, and I went, what did I do? And I ran out the door, ran around the corner, and I hid in my friend's basement. And my mom was calling around the neighborhood for me, finally found me, said, come home. No, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. To make a long story short, I finally came home, and I'm stand- I walk in the living room. And he's reading his paper, and I'm staring. I go, Dad, I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. He lowered one corner of his newspaper and said, that was your one free shot. Enjoy it. It'll never happen again. I went back to reading his paper and that was the end of it. Wow. And how did that translate when you were raising your son and the, and the moment happened? Uh, it ended up him doing the same thing with me. See, I had a long talk with my kid when he was uh still in the hero worship stage, I said to him, there's going to be a time when you think I'm the stupidest person on two feet. You're going to think I don't have any clue what you're going through. I've never been there. I don't know anything about it. I'm out of touch. If you'll just listen to half of what the advice I give you, you just might make it out of this life alive. And he, and he finally came back and said, you're right about everything, dad. Well, it's, it's funny that I was just visiting my niece and she's a single mom and she has done his nine. And from the other room, I could hear him uh, disrespect her, uh, mocking her. So anytime she would talk, he would repeat. He was doing that mock thing. And I'm like, well, it's not my place to go in there. But trust me, I thought, oh, this is so painful to see her going through this. She should knock him out. Well, it's so, it, later when I had her by myself, I was like, you know, kiddo, under no circumstances can you let that fly. In about three years, he's going to outweigh you. Mm-hmm. 
And that mock is going to back you into a wall. And only because I've seen that over and over with single mothers, those bucks back their mothers up, you know, because she was just like, you know, this is he's being a boy or he's doing this or he's doing this. I go, but that testosterone's going to catch up with the size of his body. And he has to have his brain override that testosterone. Well, I agree with you. I believe, quite frankly, and I don't make any qualms about it, I believe that the baby boomers ruined a whole generation of kids with the with the being helicopter parents and too many um, play dates and too much organization and uh, uh, not enough not allowing the kids to uh, uh, use their their own uh, imaginations and what have you I really believe that baby boomers did a lot more harm than good and to want that end, we all went, oh, I'm never going to do that to my kid. I'm never going to, you know, no, I'm not going to spank him. I'm not going to do that. Well, the fact of the matter is this. If they know that there's no real consequence of their actions, they're going to just continue it. You say, I'm taking away everything. I'm taking away your phone. I'm taking away the TV, your video games. They're just going to sit there and bug you and bug you and bug you to finally just give in to till they shut up. <laughs> And I just believe it. Things would have been a lot better to be a lot more respect if there was a little more fear in these kids because they, they don't fear anything. The millennials don't fear their parents. They don't fear authority. That's my opinion. In my day! <laughs> I, I do believe in a healthy amount of fear of your mother. I, I do. And especially when, when you have sons. I've had too many experiences of people coming to me and Having to live through that, having to face off or their son's facing off with them and saying, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Kind of like you and your mother. But you had the respect to know that yeah. you better humble yourself and humble it quick. Yeah. And the thing was, it was, it, you know, I was a respectful kid. I really didn't cause my mom and dad a, a lot of grief compared to some kids back then that I knew. But I really, when I realized I was out of line and I got punished for it, I didn't blame them. I didn't wish ill will on my parents. I messed up and I took my licks and I, you know, but thankfully it wasn't, uh, there weren't that many occasions that I uh, caused this. But I mean, not like some of the kids in my neighborhood, I could go on, but I won't. But I, I, my parents raised me with the respect and uh right amount of fear for lack of a better description that you just don't mess you don't mess with mom you don't mess with dad you don't you don't disrespect them and i think i think we've gotten away from that i just think there's just too many parents are friends and not parents oh no i agree with that i i do think though that there's a way a, a healthy balance of oh, instilling fear and and respect without necessarily beating them and leaving an Adolf Coors belt buckle backwards on their <laughs> What I think this piece is going to add to the conversation of our podcast, it's going to add the conversation of discipline. And it's uncomfortable, mostly in these times we're living in. But obviously, you see you and you, you see how you did it. And yes, there are horrendous abuses and these other things. Absolutely. But I don't think that's the conversation we're having. The general conversation about how do you, how is it that you as a parent going to get your children to respect you? Now, we all will have our own ways. 
Um, but at least I think it opens up the conversation that there's different ways but, and that respect is kind of important. Yeah, it's, it's an experiment. Nobody, right. has, nobody has the right answer. All you can do is do the best you can with what you know and hope that things turn out okay. I love that. I love how that all ended. I always say respect is above all the most important when you're raising kids. No question, but it's two-sided. The giving and the earning. Yeah. You know, the old days it was the Adolf Coors belt buckle. And like Eric said, you know, to his kid, if you listen to half the things I tell you, maybe you'll get out of this alive. And that's the truth. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Take care. Bye-bye. And to find out more about our writers, go to our website, Instagram, or Twitter. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. And that's the number one, not the word one. Want to do something to help us? Go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review us. Five stars would be nice. You can say something complimentary. Because you know what? It really does help other people find our show. And also share us with a friend because word of mouth is the best compliment. Join us next week.